For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. This is Ashley. And this is Brittany. And we are More Than a Season podcast. Thank you all so much for being here. Yeah, you just said y'all. I know. You're starting to get a little I say little it a twang. lot more than I thought because <laughs> I feel like I feel like being around Drew too, he says it all the time. And so I'm trying not to be a faker, but it's just coming a lot more naturally now. It is. I, I That wasn't even our plan for me to stop you there. But I was like, oh my gosh, she said y'all. But welcome back. We've been both traveling and we're finally in the same place just mm-hmm. for one week. Yeah. <laughs> and then we're splitting up again. We are. You know, the summers are always so crazy because, of course the guys have some time off and it's kind of sporadic here or there and then we both have work so it's just a little bit crazy yeah it's funny with us trying to navigate our calendar and stuff we're like okay what day lines up with your work schedule your personal schedule it's just it's just gathering everything together but we are excited about everything going on with the community in june which is now it is our podcast birthday it is i cannot believe we've been doing this for two years i was actually thinking about this the other day like our first our very first episode we were sitting Mm -hmm. on the bed in in my room and we had like that fold out table and I remember my dad listening to it and being like you guys talked so fast I don't (laughs) think anyone understood what you were saying and you know we just kind of kept talking in circles so I think we've gotten a little bit better hopefully over the two years you know our audio equipment has gotten a lot better so that's always helpful yeah, we've come from a long way. It just makes me laugh because Brittany had this vision of how big and the community could get. And for me, I didn't really know that much about production, podcasts. And so I had the joint idea of having this community. But Brittany was like, OK, this is what it can become. And just seeing how much growth. And of course, as soon as I still had the momentum and what mm-hmm. it could be, just so cool to see how big it's become and even bigger like coming in the future so we're excited to share our birthday with you as usual if you were around last year for our celebration we do some giveaways so just be on the lookout for that we're super excited and then last housekeeping detail before we kick it off with some of our fun episode stuff is we have a job board so if you have seen on our Instagram there is a link in our bio where you can fill out if you have an option opportunity to share with another playmaker and then head on over to our Facebook group if you are looking for a job or you have a friend that's looking for a job we're really trying to create that resource uh, for our community yeah and then you can search on the Facebook group based on the location that you're looking at so each hashtag that we have of a certain location or if it's a remote job you can search through that so you can just click at the top of the Facebook group We figured this is just an easy way for everyone to get, Mm -hmm. you know, some job opportunities and especially within our community, being able to help each other out. So definitely go and check that out. Yeah, so big things happening in the community. And our episode today was a special one because it was a a duo and Mm -hmm. we had such the best conversation. It was really, really neat. They were so fun. I loved having a conversation with them and being able to see their friendship. And, you know, they almost finished each other's thoughts, which was so cute. But they just are both coaches' kids. And we get Mm -hmm. this question all the time because we have a lot of listeners that have children in the industry and are looking for 
you know, things to say to them when they have, you know, when they're going to be moving or maybe different things that you're going through. And so they just provided such a good insight into being a coach's kid and they turned out all right. Yeah, they did turn out just perfectly (laughs) fine. And they were just such a treat to have on. And they chatted about how their identity evolved and just so many positive things that even if you don't have kiddos, you will just really enjoy this episode. So stay tuned and we'll see you on the other side. We have another duo we know that y'all love when we bring two people on, get to share some different perspectives. And so we're excited about this pair. Yeah, it's definitely double the fun with this one because this story is just wild to me of how these two people know each other and how they're intertwined. We cannot wait to share this with you. So I will not talk anymore and I'll toss it on over and let them get started and introduce themselves. All right. I'm Maddie. Um, My dad's been coaching my whole life. We're currently at Youngstown State and I am getting my doctorate here at Youngstown State. So I am here too. And he's been here for about two years, but we've moved all over. Hi, I'm Michaela. Just like Maddie said, her dad's been coaching her whole life. My dad has also been coaching my whole life. He started out at Bowling Green, moved to Toledo, Illinois, and then small world. I ended up marrying into the coaching profession. So my husband is currently at Shippensburg University. He's the offensive coordinator, wide receiver, quarterbacks coach. So yeah, we are out in Shippensburg, Pennsylvania. You just couldn't get enough of the coaching world that you were like, I have to just marry someone in it too. (laughs) Apparently. I mean, when we did scrapbooks in junior high, they said like, what are your goals in life? And I just threw that in as my last to have all five. I was like, I'm going to marry a coach. And here we are. Oh my gosh, that's so funny. I just, I can only imagine your dad's probably like, oh gosh, here we go again. (laughs) She's got to marry the coach. Exactly. And it's funny because they are on the opposite sides of the ball. So my dad is a defensive coach and my husband's an offensive coach. So when I brought him home for the first time, my dad was like, of course you brought a quarterback's coach home. (laughs) Do they talk a lot of ball then? Is that like what your conversations consist of mostly? On a daily basis, we always have this joke between my husband and I that my dad talks to my husband more than he does me. And I'm a total daddy's girl. So that means that they must talk more frequently than I know of. That's hilarious. (laughs) I love that. That's so funny. Well, Maddie, I want to hear a little bit about growing up in the coaching world because we know that coaches' kids are resilient. We have learned that it takes a certain type of person and you mature really quickly, I feel like, from moving all around and meeting different people. So Tell us a little bit about how it all worked out, where you moved in between. Did you get to stay in elementary school at one place or how did that all work? So I'm kind of like a unicorn in the coaching world that I didn't move houses for like 15 years. So we were in, I was born in Arkansas. And then when I was three, we moved to Bowling Green and we were in the same house for 15 years, but my dad moved around different jobs that were all like within an hour. So he would drive and he would stay at the office quite often just so that he didn't have to drive all the way back. But he didn't want to make me or my brother switch schools. So we just got to stay where we were. And then when I graduated high school, I got to stay all the way through high school. I started at Finley and my dad was at Finley. So I got to go into the office and I was like working with them and everything. And then partway through my freshman year, they up and moved to Arizona (laughs) and left me in Ohio. So they were there for a year. Then after that year, they moved to Lexington, Kentucky, and then they moved here to Youngstown. So for the last like four years, they've moved every year. But before that, we were luckily in the same house for a long time, and he just switched jobs. And wow. I mean, he wasn't home every night by any means. He slept in the office on his little couch that he had there, and 
became friends with the cleaning ladies because they would come in every <laughs> night and he would scare them because he was like asleep in the office. <laughs> That's crazy. So you said he switched schools like multiple times, but all within like an hour away from your yeah, house. Yeah, so he was at Heidelberg, Bowling Green, Ohio Northern, like all within that time. But I mean, it was just up to an hour drive. So he figured he might as well drive and not make us move like right. 30 minutes away. And then luckily my mom works from home and she's always worked from home. So she hasn't had to find a new job when we move. And she's gotten to spend a lot of time at home with my brother and I. So we luckily, I didn't move at all. And my brother moved sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth grade. He was all at different schools. Wow. Oh my gosh. Wow. Yeah. Your dad has moved a lot then and been a lot of different places. Yeah. He's been career. at quite a few different schools because yeah. he didn't start at Arkansas State either. He started at Ohio State and then went to Arkansas State. And that's when I was born. Mm -hmm. when we got to Bowling Green that's when we met Michaela okay yeah let's hear about that story so tell us about how y'all met you both were coaches kids right so you met mm -hmm. as coaches kids okay tell us about that Michaela we are actually three years apart and so our dads were coaching together at BGSU and Maddie I think you were three weren't you mm -hmm. yeah so Maddie was three so that meant like I was six so we were really young when we met at BGSU so I really don't remember <laughs> meeting Maddie but at the same time we were so young I just remember throughout the whole experience when we were younger we always had each other and so that's like my my fond memory and I know that's probably Maddie's too is that wherever we traveled like I knew I always had a friend in Maddie and then another one of our friends Allie like we were kind of like the threesome where we would just tag along together do everything together and that was pretty cool to have it was like two built-in best friends when I already had a sister too but we just became family from the beginning. Yeah, that's so special because you don't really hear much about the coaches kids. And so we've been trying to interview more and more just to get that insight because so many kiddos are in this industry and you don't really hear from their perspective. So Michaela, continue in with this answer. I want to know what are some things you picked up on because I feel like being a little kid, seeing other kids in your class have the dad come to dad's day all the time and all these different events and your dad cannot all the time show up to these things. So what was kind of that moment or that realization point where you're like, oh, this is kind of a different lifestyle than what I thought? Yeah. I mean, that's an excellent question. And I think Maddie and I get that like asked every single day because we did grow up a lot different. Obviously, it's really hard seeing other kids have their dads like step in like at donuts for dads or like other things that they have at our school. But we were so fortunate to have our moms that would step in. And I think I ended up going to a small elementary school. And so they kind of knew like what my dad was doing. And so they would have my mom come in or one of the best parts is that we would have some of the football players come in and they would act as dad or like big brother. So they would kind of, for me and Maddie too, they would tie it in as like a big brother thing instead of dads when they were in meetings, maybe with other coaches and the players didn't have class. And so they would come and act as dad. But I mean, our dads would come to as much as they could. Yeah. I know for my family, at least we had pizza night every Thursday because the dads would get home early. So we would all eat together. Mind you, my dad was probably laying on the floor and we were sitting on the couch <laughs> in the living room watching football, but we all had dinner together. We'd eat pizza together. And then on Fridays, he would not have to be in until later because it was the day before a game. So he would take me to school. Maybe we would get donuts or something, but we would have that 
time to talk we would listen to radio disney (laughs) on our way to school so we would always dance and sing along there so long story short yes it was very hard not having my dad like at school but like there were other moments where like he made up for that and just made my sister and I know that like he was always going to be there Mm -hmm. maybe it wasn't the day that he was asked to be there but like other times like we would find other moments yeah yeah I love that perspective because I think you have special memories of your dad that maybe others don't because it is so routine and that every dad's at school so it doesn't feel as you know special as those special moments that you have you know driving to school on Fridays and listening to Radio Disney I think that's so sweet that you remember that I want to talk a little bit about you guys having to have that conscious thought about maybe moving every single year because I think that's a lot of the fear that a lot of the women we talk to that have kids right now they think about how do they tell their children this or what do they tell them to keep from worrying them that they might have to move and leave all their friends did you remember anything like when you guys were growing up about thinking you might have to move at some point when we left from BG I remember my dad coming home and explaining to us that like the whole staff was leaving and it was right after a bowl game I think and so we just didn't really know what was happening and he would leave for interviews and everything but I was like in the middle of elementary school, I was dancing with my friends and everything. And every time I would come home, we just would have no idea, like if we were going to up and move in the next month or whatever. But in high school, there were a few times where we thought we were going to move. And my friends and I had an entire plan of like, if they leave junior year, I'm going to move in with my friends and finish high school with them, which isn't practical at all. But like, (laughs) we were convinced that we would still be there through senior year that I was going to graduate, but we ended up staying. So Yeah. What about you, Michaela? Yeah. There's actually a couple of vivid memories when you asked that question of like what came to my mind. So I talked about another friend of ours that we were at PG with. I remember when she told me that she was moving to LSU at the time. And that was like very difficult because I was like, this is a part of like our group that we've been with since almost the beginning. So that was very difficult. And that was very emotional because I mean, at a young age, I believe we were only in fourth grade. So like to lose one of your best friends at fourth grade was really hard. But I mean, we stayed in contact, so that helped a little bit. But we did move around a lot, just like Maddie had pointed out earlier. When we were at Toledo the first time getting ready to go out to Illinois, how I was told is actually one of my friends. So he had heard through the news where before my dad could even tell me what was going on. So to hear that, and I'm like, wait, I'm moving. And then my dad was like, I was actually on my way to tell you that we are taking another job out in Illinois, I was like, oh man. And that night my dad was pretty upset that I found out that way. So I remember him and I just, he came home late and came in and we talked and that was like our time to just, he told me everything. He was like, it's going to be okay. And at the time I didn't like my school. So I assumed that it was going to be a better opportunity and it actually was, but the thought of moving every single year was something that was always on our minds. I mean, we tried to block it out as much as we could, but you can only block it out so much. Yeah. Yeah. I think that being a coach's kid, it teaches you a lot. I feel like you have to grow up really quickly. I know I said that previously, but just thinking about how many things that you get hit with and just the diversity of having to be in different cultures and be in different groups of friends and then trying to redo and rebegin all of your social stuff, like even with clubs and teams and all those things, you have to start over. And so with that, I want to talk about the positives, though, that you have gained from being a coach's kid. So what are some things that come to mind that you don't think you would be where you're at today or like as strong as you are if you were not a coach's kid? I think that it makes you really personable and that you 
can really go up and talk to anybody. Like you I mean, you're put in a situation that you don't know anybody. And when you do a new staff, like all the wives, all the kids are all in the same situation. So they all have done it before. They've all gotten random groups of people together. And like before the first spring game this year, we have a new defensive staff and we invited all of them to brunch before so that we could meet them and everything. And I mean, you really just have to put yourself out there. Like there's nothing else to do or else you're going to be like alone in the situation and they all understand too. So it definitely helps you become more personable. And I mean, it's out of your control what goes on with the staff. So you might as well make the most of the situation and become friends with them and meet all their kids and everything. Yeah, that's good. Michaela, what do you think? Thoughts on that? I agree with Maddie 100%. We learn to be more patient and be more flexible with certain things because we never knew like each year, like what was going to happen. So to adapt to new possibilities to like Maddie said, to put yourself out there to meet new friends or just to get to know people on the coaching staff, I think is huge. Uh, Something that Maddie and I always talk about is that like you just become a family from day one because you're with these people more than you're with like your immediate family. So that's something that we've also learned. Yeah. And Michaela, you now are obviously married to a coach. And so now you have to switch your perspective a little bit and think about as a coach's wife, how you're going to maybe raise your one day children. Have you thought about things like that aspect where you might keep them in school through a certain period of time? Or have you guys talked about that at all? It's not something that we've really talked about because we don't have kids yet. But obviously, that's something that always comes across my mind because I have the unique perspective that I was a coach's kid growing up. So now when we do have kids, like I have that perspective that my kids can look from mm-hmm. and kind of help in those situations. But we really haven't talked about like specifics for that. We've just always talked about just staying together or just trying to live together because I actually haven't mentioned this, but we have been doing distance for actually a year now. So he's actually been out in Pennsylvania and I have been here in Ohio. And so just something that we learned from this year is just making sure that we can remain together and just figuring it out as we go. Because as we know in this business that it can always change at any moment in time. So if you make plans and it changes, like you're going to have to adapt and Mm -hmm. like create new plans from there. Yeah. Yeah, I think that that's great the way that you put that because we've both done long distance and it is not very fun. And so being able to just decide what's best for you and your family, I think is just it's just the way to go about it. There's no better way, I feel like, especially in this industry. And with growing up, this just popped into my head. We, we kind of touched on it a minute ago, but I want to talk about with hearing news from kids in the classroom. That is just so hard, I think, because everyone is a fan that is in the town that you live in for the school that you are at. So how did you grow up trying to ignore the noise and come home to mom and dad and be like, I heard this at at the school. So just kind of share a story that maybe you remember walking down the halls and hearing something. So I think Maddie needs to touch on this first, because this is something that her and I constantly talk about. And this is one of our favorite topics, because (laughs) I mean, growing up, it was always around us. So Maddie, why don't you go ahead and start? (laughs) I feel like there's so many times that we're at games even now, and I'll text Michaela and just say like, there's a fan behind me, and I'm really close to saying something. But like, I need to not say anything, but this past season, we were walking out after the game and we had lost and there was a fan behind us that was going on and on for like two, three minutes about how the offensive coordinator, so my dad, needs to be fired and his family better get looking for a new house and a new place to live because they're going to be up and leaving soon and going on and on. I think it was like 
two, three minutes. And I turned around at one point and I was like, pay attention to who's around you before you speak. Like, and then I kept going, but there's so many times that I'm like, you really have to watch what you're saying because I don't want to just like lose it on them. But also I'm like, you can't say these things. You don't know who's around you. Mm-hmm. You don't know what they're doing. They were putting in 20 hours a day, working all day, missing things with their family. And it's also not their fault all the time. So mm-hmm. yeah, I think it's tough. I'm just thinking of some stories that we've even touched on. Brittany and I, we sit next to each other at the games. And so there will be people chatting behind us. And just some of the comments, I don't think people are aware and they get so into it that they just forget that they're like humans that kind of bite your tongue. It's really tough. And so Michaela, what about you? I would say that it's very important to bite your tongue to a certain extent, kind of what you guys had mentioned and Maddie too. They don't know who is around them in the stands. Like I can think of one, actually two examples. Maddie and I were actually young at the time. Maddie, you might've been like four or five and I was probably eight at the time and we were at a bowl game and the fans were just going on and on and on about our dads and some of the players. And just to hear that as a kid, that that's like, that's my dad that you're talking about. Like, those are my brothers. Like, you don't know who you're sitting next to. So I always tell my kids, because I'm a teacher, nice words are no words, but I know everyone's entitled to their own opinion. But <laughs> that was something that we really had to think about growing up. And then a couple of years ago, Maddie was at one of the Toledo games with me. And there were some people talking some or saying some not nice things behind us. And I looked at Maddie and I was like, man, I am really trying not to say anything mm-hmm. right now that I'm really, really trying because everything in me wants to say something, but I know that's not going to get anywhere, but so hard. Yes. It's very (laughs) difficult, Um, but they just don't understand like the life that we live. And I think it's just important for people to be cautious of who's sitting in the stands because you never know if you're sitting next to the head coach's wife, a player's mom, or like a coach's kid who very important people to them are on the field. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think you just hit the nail on the head there. You guys grew up around this industry, right? Like we didn't. And so I grew up around sports and going to games and things like that. And I'd be invested. I mean, I never talked bad about people, but you know, I didn't think about some of those things. I didn't think about people around me or things like that. And not that I was saying bad things, but I'm just saying that I think a lot of people aren't aware of that because they've never been in that situation. And it's not like we come to their work and we talk crap about them and tell them that they are, you know, significant <laughs> others should get fired. So it's a it's a weird thing for them to think about that that's a work environment because for them it's just fun and it's just a hobby. And so I want to talk a little bit about how you guys stayed connected over the years because you've been a bunch of different places. And I think that in this industry, it's important to have people that get it. So how have you guys stayed connected throughout your various moves? Really like our moms were good friends and they always stayed connected. And then all of our people that we knew from BG have somehow always been connected with one another. Like the initial BG staff that we had everywhere we've gone, there's always been somebody there that we've known and like even here now two of the players that that we had at BG are hired here so like everywhere we go there's always been people and Michaela and I specifically when I was at starting my undergrad my dad's GA Kyle was with him in the training room and Michaela had come in and he just like introduced her because obviously Michaela seeing my dad it was like seeing family and my dad was like no like you are not allowed to talk to her. Like she is my kid. Like she's another child of mine. Basically you're steer clear. And then Michaela, do you want to? <laughs> I can't stop laughing. I'm sorry, because I remember this moment 
at least this part, because I'll tie this in later in the story. But when I saw your dad, Maddie, I was like, oh, my gosh, it's Coach Troy. And I gave him like the biggest hug. Like that was the only thing I was paying attention to. (laughs) So, I mean, like Maddie said, like we were just connected. We've always stayed in contact throughout the years that we've been apart. But speaking to this specific example, um, I was actually playing college soccer there at the time. And I had ran into Maddie's dad, like she mentioned earlier, and I met Kyle, who is my husband, now my husband. Um, And I it was no ordinary day. And then um, he kind of like turned back and looked at me. And that's when Maddie's dad hit him. And uh, he was like, you can't date her like she's an undergrad and you will work for this university. Like You can't do that. And so then I got a really bad concussion Labor Day. So I actually had to medically withdraw from school. And, you know, because Maddie's family is close to my family, Kyle ended up hearing that at the office and he kept tabs on me. And when my dad was at a coaching clinic with Maddie's dad, they ran into each other. And then Kyle at the time was like, hmm, that's Michaela's that's dad. Like I maybe should like reach out to her. And so then he DMs me on Instagram and I, I saw that Maddie was a mutual follower of his. And so I sent a screenshot to Maddie and I was like, Maddie, who is this guy? Like, I've never met him before. And he's stalking me. Like, how does he know who I am? And Maddie's like, oh my gosh, like, he's such a good guy. He's so nice. He was actually my dad's GA. And at the time, Maddie, weren't you getting ready to move to Arizona? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, so Maddie's getting ready to move to Arizona and I'm not at school there anymore. And I was like, Maddie, like, what do I do? Like, do I respond to him? Do I delete it? Do I say, like, stop talking to me? She goes, no, message him back. Like, it'll be fine. I was like, all right, Maddie. So if I get taken, like, I'm blaming you because I don't know this guy. And meanwhile, I didn't know this, but my mom had asked Maddie's mom, like, who is this guy that's talking to Michaela? Like, she has no idea. I have no idea. And knowing those two and like the people that we have met throughout like our years in this industry, like they know a lot of people. So they thought at some point, like they would know like who he is. And so one thing led to another and uh, we dated and then now we are going almost two years on marriage. So small world. That's incredible. Maddie. And did you know Michaela's husband like personally, or did you just know of him? Like, oh, he's a very kind person because in my head, if it was me, Maddie and I were you, I'd be like the matchmaker. I'd be like, okay, text her this. And then you're messaging Michaela and be like, okay, respond to his message. And you're like behind the scenes orchestrating it all. So what was it like? So he was my dad's GA for a few years and my dad was the offensive coordinator. So Kyle was like at our family's house for dinner and everything. So like, I knew him well, but not well enough to like Send him a text like, hey, you should hit up Michaela and try to date Michaela. But when she sent that to me, I was like, all in. Like, you're you're dating him. Oh, that's awesome. I want to hear about how the family was with getting to know some of these players. And like you just mentioned, your GA was at the house all the time. I feel like that's, you know, a very different perspective. We don't have children yet. So we love to hear the perspective of coaches' kids getting to see these players and what that means to you. So what was your experience like? Honestly, growing up, it was like you always had a hundred brothers around. Like my mom made sure that we were always at the games. We were always like we would go to practices, whatever, just so we felt involved. And we Michaela and I lived like a street over from each other growing up. And so they would come and the players would be at our house passing out candy trick-or-treating so that we could go with our parents and trick-or-treat. 
and they would come over and do like Easter egg hunts with us and come over for holidays. And my parents like loved having them over in the summer for cookouts. Like it, we were always involved with them. They would come for school. And then growing up, like we've even, I see all of them now like getting married and stuff. And it's just so weird because we've known them for like our whole lives. And then when we're here, when one of them got hired, he walked in and he looked at me and he was like, I don't think I've seen you since I, you were like five. And I was like, I honestly don't even know who you are, but like, he was like, you used to run around the like field all the time. And like, we just, it's a whole family always. Yeah. That's awesome. I think that with the atmosphere that your family sets, sets the standard of like, it'll be a family. Like we'll have all the players over. We'll do all those things. Is there something that stuck out to you that you really, really like, and especially just something you would take forward uh, with you, whether it be having them over for dinners or doing those kinds of things, because it's not like that everywhere. And we've received feedback from different interviews of how it is ran. And so I think that's so important that you had that exposure to all the people coming over so you could see where dad spends all his time. So what are some kind of core memories you remember of the players being around or things that you would take with you in the future? I have one example that popped into my head and Maddie and I actually talked about this earlier. One Halloween, one of the players came over and like Maddie said, they would pass out candy, but our dads were actually running late from practice. And so they weren't going to be able to take us trick or treating. And my mom had like this penguin costume that she was going to have my dad wear because it was really cold that Halloween. And one of the players actually stepped up and he goes, I'm going to take the girls trick or treating. So he took my sister myself and Maddie and Maddie's brother, Jake trick or treating. And he wore a penguin costume and it was probably one of the best moments ever because like we've said before, they just become a part of your family. So Mm -hmm. having them over for dinner, we would kind of alternate. My dad was a defensive line coach and linebackers coach. And so like we would have maybe the defensive line over maybe every other Thursday, maybe two Thursdays a month, just to make sure like they were a part of our family, just like we were a part of theirs. Mm -hmm. Um, so that they would, they would come over and eat dinner with us. We'd watch football. We'd play games. Yes. Some of them actually did play Barbies (laughs) (laughs) at the time. And then, um, as we got older, like we would even play board games or card games and it would get super competitive, obviously being a coach's family, you're just competitive. Yeah. So those are some really core memories that like, I'm even going to take into now that I'm married to a coach, what I want to set for our family and our kids one day, like I want them to be around the players as much as possible, because those are their big brothers, like they see them a lot. Mm -hmm. So just making sure that the kids are involved, I think is something that we have a lot of core memories from growing up. And I hope that some coaches kids nowadays have those same experiences that we had. Yeah, I feel like with that too, you know, with the bowl game situation that y'all mentioned, I think it probably felt a lot like being around family, even though maybe you weren't able to be around some of your extended family for Christmas. Do you guys have any bowl memories that you remember? Well, one of them, we were at the GMAC bowl and I don't know why this is like the one thing that really sticks out to all of the kids that were there, but there was this deep freezer ice cream that somehow had an unlimited supply and it was like right around Christmas and we all kept getting in trouble by the hotel staff because we would go in and just take all of it to go like whatever we could hold in our little hands was our like Christmas surprise to ourselves and we would take like all of the ice cream we could we'd be caught eating it everywhere they'd have to refill it all the time for the players but it didn't even matter we're like it's Christmas like this is what we're doing here and then our parents had Christmas at the hotel that year I think and we all had Christmas together and I mean you're not with your 
like blood family, but you're with your football family and it's just as fun. No, that's awesome. So that, and we were also at another bowl game uh, during Christmas. So like Maddie had said, we had celebrated it with them. This was actually in Detroit and it was the Little Caesars Bowl at one point, but I think it was the Motor City when we went Maddie and Santa came, brought presents for all the kids, all the players. They had a gift exchange, which the kids weren't allowed to be a part of. We actually had to leave and go somewhere else. Who knows what went on, but they did a gift exchange. They had a big tree. Our parents brought trees to celebrate. Santa actually came and saw us there for a little bit. And then Thanksgiving again is another holiday that we aren't around or at least not always around our immediate blood family. And so when we were at Illinois, my mom started a tradition of like making her own Thanksgiving. So like she would get like a big turkey and some of the players would help make the turkey, help with some of the sides, but they would come over for Thanksgiving dinner. And we have always been like every place that we've been, we've had Thanksgiving dinner as a football family somewhere else. And then also had like a mini Thanksgiving with some of the players. So just making sure that we're spending those holidays with our football family is huge. I love that. Yeah, I think those memories are so special because no one has stories like that to share besides, you know, the people that are in it. So I love that y'all share that. And thank you so much for coming on. But before we wrap, we always like to ask this last question. And Maddie, I'll start with you. And then Michaela, you can answer next. But if you could go back in time and tell your younger self one thing that you know now, what would it be? I think to just enjoy the now because there's so much that's out of our control and we don't have any control over the coaching staff or any changes that are going on, but like we can at least keep ourselves grounded and enjoy what's going on now and enjoy the season of life that we're in because I mean, it could all change any day. So you might as well like embrace what you can and embrace the people around you and treat everybody like family because everybody's going through all these changes all the time and we can't really control any of it. So yeah, that's good. Michaela, what are your thoughts? Well, I'm laughing because Maddie stole part of mine, but I'm going to kind of piggyback off of what Maddie said. I think that just to know that everything happens for a reason, no matter the good or the bad, there's a reasoning behind it. God always has a plan. So just enjoying where you're at now and taking those things that we can't control, just dealing with those when it comes, because again, you're never going to know when maybe you're like, you're out of the business or you move. And so just everything happens for a reason and you should really like cherish where you're at right now. Tying in what Matt said. Yeah. yeah. It was so special to get to see your guys' friendship. I think it's important for us, you know, kind of going into this next chapter, maybe having kids and things like that and getting to see that, you know, you turned out just fine mm-hmm. and you guys have a good friend along the way. So it's really, really great to have both of you on. So thank you again. Thank you. Yes, thank you so much. And thank you to everyone that's listening, and we'll see you next time. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to this episode on More Than a Season Podcast. You can follow us on Instagram at More Than a Season Podcast for the latest updates. If you've enjoyed this episode, please download, subscribe, or leave us a review on your choice of platform. See you next time. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.